بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في العربي In the previous session we talked about the concept of Khalifatullah to be the vicegerent of God on the earth and one of the things which is naturally to be discussed here and we already uh, had some initial discussions when we were talking about the status of human beings in the Quran but needs more attention is the concept of free will because if you remember we said that it's up to human beings themselves to decide whether they want to be good or bad there is great potential of being a very good pious pious, pure person. Even there is potentiality of becoming the vicegerent of God. But on the other hand, there is potentiality of being a very bad person. He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانِ فِي أَحْسَنَ تَقْوِيمِ ثُمَّ رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْوَلَ سَافِلِينَ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ So, it's up to us to go to the lowest of the low or to go to the level that can be even higher than angels. So now we want to talk about this issue of free will or freedom of choice for human beings. And this is very important. Of course, Normally, you don't find anyone having doubt about his or her own free will. Because all the time, from the time we start in, uh, you know, in the morning up to the time we go to bed, we find that we decide. I decide when to wake up, I decide what to eat for my breakfast, I decide when to leave house, what to say to people, everything I decide for myself. Sometimes it takes me some time to make up <coughs> my mind. And this is by itself a good reason that I'm not forced to do anything. It's me who is deciding. Rumi says, in konam ya an konam, the fact that sometimes you say, should I do this or should I do that? This by itself is the sign of being free. We are not like, for example, a person who is uh, falling down from, for example, a very high building. If someone is you know, 
for example working on the roof of a building and then he is falling down and collapsing while he is uh, between the air and the ground you see he is moving very fast towards the ground but that motion that movement is not voluntary whether he wants or not whether he likes it or not he's going and he's going to hit the ground but I realize that my normal movements are not like this that I have to hit for example the ground or I have to go to some place you find a very clear difference between a person who is collapsing and falling down and a person who is for example climbing a mountain or coming down from a mountain there's a difference so the issue of free will is something that we can easily understand but sometimes you find some people that because of some questions that are not easy to answer or at least they are not able to answer they have somehow believed in a kind of determinism kind of jabra they think that everything is predestined and we cannot do anything to change the situation for example some people who have some study of philosophy but not very deep they think that because every cause when it becomes complete necessitates the existence of the effect this means that the effect must be produced by the cause and the cause has no choice so this is what we call philosophical determinism so some people because of this issue in philosophy about the necessary relation between the complete cause and the effect the effect they say that there is no free will so the cause for example if it is a human being or it's God must do and has no other choice to do this act and the answer is that the necessary relation is true there must be a necessary relation between the cause when it is complete and the effect but the cause to become complete in voluntary agents like human beings requires the choice of the agent so when I want to do something every requirement is there and my will also is there then it's a complete cause so to become necessary requires the existence of my will so this is not a very difficult question and the other thing or the other type of determinism is historical determinism some people believe in determinism because they believe that human history is somehow fixed 
every nation, every civilization has to come and go, has to flourish and then perish. And they think that also there are different ages that are fixed, they come and go, and whether we like it or not, whether we want it or not, we are going through these different changes. Especially some people when they, for example, read the scriptures in Islam or in other religions, they find that, for example, there is a talk about good end for history. For example, that the Savior will come and people will support. And in Islam, for example, we have the concept of Imam Mahdi salam, and that when he comes, then he will establish justice and equity and peace. So they think, okay, so if this is what is already decided by God, so we have no free choice. So they have developed some idea of historical determinism. But the answer is that we are those who make the history. It is true that there are certain rules that apply. There are certain principles that apply. Because this world is the world of realities, the world of the rules and principles. Everything has some explanation. Everything acts in connection with other things. Whether it is individual or social. For example, you know, if I want to be healthy, there are certain things that I have to observe. If I am ill and I want to be healed, there are certain things that I have to observe. And I know that at the end I'm going to die. But this doesn't mean that I don't have any control over my life. You can delay your death, you can bring it earlier, it's up to you. Of course, it's not that everything is in your hand. First of all, you know that you are going to die certainly. And secondly, sometimes there may be accidents, sometimes there may be people who threaten your life. But you have also control over your life. Not fully and completely, but to a certain extent. This is about also history. We didn't decide where and where and when, uh, when to be born. We didn't decide where and when to be born. We cannot decide about what has already happened in the past. What is my role, for example, to decide uh, in, for example, you know, 1914, the uh, First World War, you know, has taken place. I had no say about that. In the same case, there are many things that are, are going to happen in future that I have no say about them. But, I have lots of things to do, lots of decisions to make about my life, about life of my nation, about life of humanity. Even we can do many things that can affect 
future generations. We can make the reappearance of Imam Zaman very early, or we can cause its delay. It is true and we are sure that it's going to happen like you know when you know that you are going to go to inshallah to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you are going to start your eternal journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after death inshallah you are going to heaven but this doesn't mean that because you are certainly going to leave this world you have nothing to do you have nothing to say you have no decision to make if it was all fixed and predetermined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then we didn't have so much emphasis in our literature about the necessity for being prepared for working for the establishment of the good and justice in society which can make the event earlier every generation has this ability to be that generation that can be at the service of the Savior. It's up to them to decide. There are nations that they live in a very bad situation and then some of them they decide to work hard to bring reforms and improvements and then people support them and they change their situation. And there are people who remain lazy and indifferent. If there was no way to change our history, why so much work is being done in politics, in economics, in media? in education, in health, everything you think that man is trying hard to improve shows that we believe that we are free. So, history has some rules, but it doesn't mean that it is completely beyond our reach. The same is about social determinism. Some people believe that the society has so much power and so much pressure on its members that the members have no free will, have no choice. If you live in a good society or bad society, in a good environment or bad environment, whether you want it or not, you would be a person like anyone else in that society. The society has the power to make you its own servant, its own subject. So, according to these people, there is no way to bring reforms to the society. Because we have to follow the values of our society. Again, you see that this is not a reasonable and logical position to hold. There was a time that a slavery was very common. But within those societies in which a slavery was common, you find that there were people who resisted against it, opposed it, and they educated other people, 
And finally they changed their society. None of those societies anymore has respect slavery. They don't recognize slavery. So how is it possible to believe in social determinism and at the same time people try to reform and change their society? There are people who resist against their societies. Sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons. You have prophets, you have reformers, you have good leaders who try to change the society. On the other hand, you have criminals, you have tyrants who try also to change society for their own benefit. In any case, whether in good direction or bad direction, there is possibility of changing the society. So how it comes that you say there is no space for us to exercise our free will? Why, you know, governments spend so much money on planning, on passing laws in the parliament, on implementing those plans, spending on education, on schools, universities. Why so much, you know, activities in media, in public, you know, debates, campaigns? If there was no effect, so why people waste? It seems that every human being is aware that there is a space for exercising our freedom. And we actually see the result. You see that if you work hard, you can convince people. You can change your society. You can change your community. You can change your town, your society, your nation. So it's not acceptable to say that everything is fixed and predestined. There are also people who believe in natural determinism or at least they have questions about this they think that we are very much affected and influenced by natural factors like for example our food our environment the weather the climate for example, if you live in a cool environment or in a very hot, they say definitely it's going to affect your behavior. Or if you have you know different types of food, it would affect your behavior. Or according to the genes that you have inherited or through mutation you have you would be a good person or bad person. So they think that biological factors and natural factors shape and form decisively and definitely your personality. And if you know them, you can say, what is this person going to do? If you know what type of food he has eaten, what type of temperature and you know air, air climate he has been in, and who was his father and his mother for example if you know all these biological factors 
then you can say what is this person going to do again the answer is we believe that biological factors are important and they can have some role but they are not decisive you know whatever your condition has been for example me at this moment bearing in mind all I have eaten the temperature my parents genes everything still I can do something that is good and I can stop doing that I can right now continue speaking with you or I can stop or two people brought up in the same condition one of them decides to do something opposite to what the other one decides I'm not denying the biological factors and their effect but what I'm saying is that at the end it is the man who can decide and finalize the things so the role of society the role of biology is to be recognized but just as something which contributes not as something which finalizes everything decides everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the ability to decide to be a good person or bad person despite all the pleasant or unpleasant factors you can live in a very bad situation in a very um, unhealthy environment and still be a good person and it can be quite opposite you can live in a best situation best household even you can be son of a prophet or an imam and still you decide to be a bad person the Quran talks clearly about these cases for example if you look at page 105 we have verses 42 and 43 from chapter 11 about the story of the prophet Noah and his son you know that the son of Noah unfortunately didn't believe in his father and in his mission and when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to uh, bring the flood and to punish those people who were disobedient and were mischief makers then those who believed in Noah they joined him and they took on board on the ship but the son of Noah didn't accompany his father the Prophet Noah called out to his son and he was far, he was a little. He said, Oh my son, embark with us and be not with the people who don't believe. 
So he wanted to save him. He offered help. But what did he say? He said, Sa'awi ila jabalan in Allah. He said, I don't need your help. I will take refuge to a mountain. He thought if he goes on top of a mountain, he would be saved. Then he father, his father said, La There is no protector today from Allah's punishment except for whom He has mercy. So if you want Allah's mercy to embrace you, come to the sheep, get on board. Otherwise, you would be perished, you would be destroyed. In any case, he didn't listen and he finally droned. So, you can't be the son of a prophet and still be a bad person and destroy yourself and destroy and damage others. And you can be quite opposite, like the wife of Pharaoh. She lived with Pharaoh, she maybe used to eat the same food that Pharaoh was eating, she lived in the same palace, everything was similar to Pharaoh except her behavior, except her faith, her control over her heart and mind. Instead of being someone like Pharaoh, she became so good and so pious that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions her in the Quran as an example as a role model for the believers. She is introduced as a role model for all believers, men and women. Means all those who believe. إِذْ قَالَتْ رَبِّ إِبْنِ لِي عِنْدَكَ بَيْتًا فِي الْجَنَّةِ When she said to her Lord, My Lord, please build for me a house close to you in heaven. وَنَجْنِي بِالْفِرْعَوْنَ وَعَمَلِهِ And please save me from Fir'aun and his actions. وَنَجْنِي مِنَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ And save me from those who are unjust. So she was very careful and she was very concerned and conscious about the effect of her own action. Very beautiful. Save me from her own and his actions. She didn't want to be associated to what her own was doing. So it's possible to be like the wife of Pharaoh and still be a very good person. And it is possible to be son of Nuh and to be a bad person. So, what we understand from the Quran is that man has control over his life and nothing can stop us from being a good person. Even if 
people. Suppose there is a time, there is a situation, people all want to stop you from being a good person. Suppose friends, family members, neighbors, society, everyone wants to stop you. Your situation would not be worse than the companions of the Prophet in Mecca or companions of Jesus or companions of any Prophet in the beginning. When we read the history of Islam you find that people like for example Ammar, like Bilal, they were tortured. There were people who were killed like father and mother of Ammar, Yasser and Sumayya. People may torture, people may kill, people may imprison you, people may take away your money, but nothing stops you. If you want to remain persistent, these pressures and these difficulties indeed will increase the strength of your faith, increases your submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, helps you to be detached from this material world. وَمَا زَادَهُمْ إِلَّا إِيمَانًا وَتَسْلِيمًا Your faith, your submission to Allah would increase. So, we need to always be aware about our responsibility because we are free. Never think that the things are already decided. Unfortunately, sometimes Shaitan deceives us because the best way for Shaitan to deceive us is either to ask us to follow him, to listen to him by doing bad things or he deceives us by taking away our motivation for action. So if Shaitan wants you not to do good things what would he do? One of his major policies and tactics is that shaitan comes to you and says what you are going to do is useless because everything is already fixed. People have already made up their mind. Everything is predetermined. Why you are trying to bring some changes? Don't waste your energy. Even sometimes shaitan becomes so much, you know, hopeful and finds us that we are really so uh, full that he tells not to try even to make yourself a better person. Comes to me, for example, and says, oh, you cannot change yourself. Look how many times, for example, you wanted to be a good person and you couldn't. How many times you made some decision and you couldn't implement your decisions? It is because you have no choice. You have no, no free will. So Shaitan wants to stop me working hard, stop me changing myself by telling me 
and inserting in my mind that I have no control. Everything is beyond my reach. On the other hand, you find that the Quran, the prophets, all the good people always tell us that no, it's up to you to decide. You have this magic power of making decisions. Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is our Lord, would not force us to be good. If there was any way for someone to force us, it would be Allah, the most merciful, to force us to be good. But even Allah doesn't want to force us to be good. Because then its value would be very limited, very low. Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّا هَدَيْنَاهُ السَّبِيلِ إِمَّا شَاكِرًا وَإِمَّا كَفُورًا We have guided the man toward the path, which is the right path, but then it is up to him. He may be shakir, very thankful, he may be kafur, very uh, ungrateful. Of course, if he is shakir or he is not shakir, he would be accountable for that. He has to answer, but it's up to him to decide. A student can study or can just play. When he studies, he would get good results. When he doesn't study, he would get bad results. He would fail. Okay, he will suffer the consequences of being a lazy student. But in the end, it is the student who has to decide. The teacher definitely wants all students to be a good, to get good results. But if the student doesn't want himself, what can a teacher do? So. Our role is very important and here we realize why so much emphasis has been put in Islam on having determination for being good. Determination or azm is very important to the extent that out of all human beings we have 124,000 prophets. And out of 124,000 prophets, five are selected. They stand at the top. What are these five called? Noah, Ibrahim, Moses, Jesus, and the Prophet Muhammad. What are these five called? They are called Ulul Azm. The people of great determination. They are not called Ulul Ilm or Ulul Sabr or Ulul Aql or Ulul Hikmah, although they had all these good qualities. <coughs> but why Allah, out of so many good qualities that they had, He mentions that they were people of determination? Or when it comes to Prophet Adam, while he was in heaven and you know he listened to Satan of course that world was not the world of obligation but anyway he listened to Shaitan 
and he didn't think that anyone can lie, anyone can deceive, anyone can be bad. When Allah refers to Adam and his mistake, Allah says, "Walam najad lahu azma." We didn't find determination in him. But these five prophets are all azm. So determination is very important. In a dua, we have The best provision that a very favor, a salik, a very favor, a traveler towards Allah can have is the determination to choose Him. When you want to make a journey, what can be more important than having determination to reach your destination? If you don't have the determination, then you never end up your journey with being there. May, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen, strengthen our determination and enable us to overcome all the temptations and all the attempts made by shaitan or by our lower soul to stop us from following this enlightened and enlightening path towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, I stop here and inshallah if you have questions, you know, you can send and inshallah we try to answer as much as time permits. The first question that we have is by living a healthy life can we prolong our life? Yes. The answer is yes for sure. If you have a healthy life, healthy diet, good exercise, good weather, good air, it will very much help in prolonging your life. Of course this is one factor. Mm -hmm. Someone may have good potential for having long life, but then, for example, God forbid, a car hits him. That is an accident, or another person who kills him. But this person, if he is left to himself, he can have the potential of having longer life. Indeed, there is nothing in our physics that forces us to live just 50 years, 60 years, 70 years. Human body is capable of surviving for hundreds of years. Perhaps even, you know, if we find all the secrets, we may even live higher than, you know, a century or, you know, a millennium. The Prophet Noah lived 950 years as a prophet, his life was longer. He acted as a prophet for his nation, for his people, for 950 years. It was not that his body was different from our body. The way they eat, they used to eat, the way they, they used to exercise, the air, the water, everything was so helpful that they could live such a long life. Maybe we can even live longer than that. 
So there is no problem in the idea that we can have a longer life if we have healthy life. Even you know not only the physical things like diet and air and temperature and exercise, even the spiritual things are very important. If you have you know lots of stresses, lots of you know pressure, psychological pressures, fights, conflicts, it will shorten your life. The second question is when do we expect divine intervention in our affairs? You know everything in this world is under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's care and lordship. He is our Lord and the Lord of everything. So even if I am just now speaking with you, if I am just now awake, you are awake, we are healthy, we can talk, we can understand. It's all because of Allah's decision. If I become hungry, if I then take food and then I am full, it's all because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only intervenes when there is a miracle or something extraordinary. Everything that happens in this world is under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's lordship. But if you mean by intervention, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's special treatment of you, then that is available for the people who submit their affairs to Him. So if you want Allah's intervention in your affairs, so you have to submit your affairs to Him. This ayah is very beautiful. أُفَضَّلُ أَمْرِي إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ فَبَقَاهُ اللَّهُ سَيِّعَاتِ مَا مَكَرُوا وَحَاقَ بِآلِ فِرْعَوْنَ سُوءُ الْعِبَادِ if we can submit our affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah would protect us. You know, Allah is willing and ready to become our guardian. He's so generous, so kind, so merciful. He says, you can leave everything to me. I will look after everything on your behalf. But unfortunately, we sometimes, you know, say, no, I'm fine. I can manage myself. But those who submit all their affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which means that before making any decision, they do their best to realize what is the will of Allah. These people would be undertaken by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a special. servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah would make it obligatory and compulsory for himself to look after these people to help them, to support them so inshallah if we leave 
our affairs and submit ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then inshallah he would help us and he would support us inshallah let's see if we have any other question Today I have a problem with Skype, so this is why I am in need of checking emails to find your question. Okay, the third question. If everything is under our control, then why do we pray? Indeed, the fact that we pray shows that the things are our control. Not completely and hundred percent but to some extent you know if you want for example to have uh, success in your life it's not that it's only you there are many many other things that are needed and many many other people have to do you know they you know uh, things rightly and properly but for sure you have some great space to exercise your free will and for this reason we pray I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that he inspires me and enables me to do my own things properly so in that area which is left to me I act properly I also pray to Allah so that other people and other factors also and by being helpful for me or at least not obstacle for me so this is very important if I am for example a teacher I pray to Allah to be able to teach properly I also pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that my students appreciate and understand pray to Allah that their families you know don't face problems so that they have to quit their study there is no for example lack of security so that the schools finish and you know stop there is no for example earthquakes which stops you know people coming to school they don't become ill we need to pray for everything and the fourth question is why do we have weak determination and what can we do to strengthen it it's a very good question uh, one of our uh, sisters in the Jamaat al-Zahra has done actually a dissertation on just this topic about the ways to strengthen our determination. Inshallah we will talk about it in the next, few, uh, next session. Uh, but shortly what I can say is one of the best ways to strengthen our determination after praying to Allah and asking His support is to contemplate is to think about the significance of what I'm going to do if you think hard and on different occasions about the significance of what you are going to do and the good outcomes of doing that and the bad outcomes of not doing that if you think and think and think then it becomes so much 
clear and obvious for you that you never think of you know doing something opposite contemplation is very important to think about the significance of my actions, significance of my life, the fact time is not repeating, the fact that our eternal journey depends on this, all make you stronger in your determination. Also to meet people who are good and to see how determined they were, how much they appreciated their life, how much they were careful about every moment of their life would also strengthen your determination. The other question is that yeah okay the other question is about my email address okay this is uh, easy question and okay my email address is mashomali at hotmail.com uh, it's m a s h o m a l i at hotmail there are no more questions for this week and inshallah we'll have our last session next week because we were supposed to have eight sessions inshallah our eighth session will be inshallah next week I am very thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us once again to have this session with you I'm also thankful to you for your attention for your time and for your prayers. Inshallah, we keep praying for each other. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enlightens your heart and mind and blesses your family and your society. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enables us to serve Him day and night, inshallah. Thank you.